Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today, I'm joined by Lynn Carroll, the Chief Operating Officer and Head of Strategy at HS Blocks. How are you today, Lynn? I'm doing great. Hi, Jared. Excited to, uh, excited to chat. Um, if, I, if I had my glasses on, we would have, we would have matched today. I, I left them over uh, on the table. Um, excited to dive into your background, talk about HS Blocks, and then we're going to talk about, um, you know, really... It's just some issues surrounding value-based care and, and really what you're doing uh, over at HS Block. So if we could kick things off by you giving the audience a quick snippet of your background, we'll go from there into what HS Blocks is, and then we'll talk about value-based care a little bit. Sure. Thanks, Jared. I'm, I'm happy to be here and, and, and talk with everyone. Uh, the company was founded in 2017 uh, primarily to look at the challenges in the ecosystem as it relates to value-based contracts, the administration of those contracts, and the ability to more um, efficiently operationalize the different aspects of reimbursement, uh, data sharing, and data collection uh, at the edge. Uh, specifically, when we think about the ecosystem, we also think about integration of whole health types of initiatives. And whole health for us, means a more precision health look at the population and understanding how to intervene uh, within chronic disease as well as how to uh, improve outcomes of acute um, incidents in, in the healthcare ecosystem. Interesting. Um, and so what you, what's cool is, you know, a lot of people call themselves startups and they're really, you're still very much in that, that start, you're, you're four years old, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been an interesting evolution, particularly with the pandemic sitting right in the middle of those four years and highlighting some of the things that we do. But yeah, we are, are, are definitely a startup. And in fact, our team has built several uh, startups over the years and had a few exits, but this uh, company we put together in 2017, it was a product of a couple different exits, one in healthcare payments and one actually in the fintech space. And we thought we could bring our expertise in fintech and healthcare together uh, to administer these types of value-based programs. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Uh, I, I like that approach. Um, and you kind of already answered my next question a little bit, which is great. So we don't have to go into full detail with it. But every guest that comes on for the first time they're on, I ask about the why, how, what of the company. You kind of already gave us the why you kind of led into this. But can you talk a little bit more about the, how you're operating today and um, and kind of the, the basically the different business lines that you're currently involved in? Sure. In the work with um, the different stakeholders in the ecosystem, payers, providers, uh, some patient involvement, although we don't directly uh, tuck the, uh, touch the patient with our platform, we learned a lot. Um, we, we've learned that the administration of these types of value-based programs is complex uh, in a number of ways. And particularly when you start to bring whole health uh, initiatives into these value-based programs, and when we say whole health, of course, we're talking about community-based organizations and social service agencies. Uh, what we've learned is that the challenges uh, have to do with how you connect these organizations, the uh, disparate technology capabilities that they have, and how to access and capture the data that informs the more you know, non-medical 
community and social uh, side of an individual's health and well-being. And so uh, as we have evolved over the last four years, we have built a number of capabilities into our platform specifically to capture data at the edge, in the home, in the community, digitize that data and bring it back into the care coordination continuum. It's definitely uh, an interesting approach. And you're, you're in one of the hottest areas right now as far as I, I deem, like anything touching value-based care and kind of seeing how we're more and more, right? I look at how often value-based care was talked about two years ago and then five years ago. And now it's become even a common trend on this podcast, like guests that come on, like that's a big focal point for what we end up kind of discussing. We have the, the CEO of uh, ChenMed, Dr. Christopher Chen on quite a bit sure. to talk about value-based care and uh, and the team over at Curation Health as well, Dr. Lambert, their CMO, and um, and then Kevin um, Colleton, their CEO. So it's uh, it's been really fun for me to also kind of hear from the experts coming on, talking about all things uh, value-based care. But you're going to talk about some actually different areas that we haven't really had the, the full opportunity to chat about today. Um, and I, I think we should dive right into it. Can you Can you talk me through some of the challenges of basically connecting payers, providers, and community-based organizations in the successful administration of uh, SDOH? Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic or challenge in the fact that the stakeholders with regard to social and community-based services are sort of a wide gamut of, uh, of, of service providers. And so when you look at the types of technology stacks that are utilized uh, in that side of the equation when you're trying to align traditional medical networks with these more community-based services, you find uh, there are folks who are using sophisticated API-based uh, technologies and folks that are using uh, notepads and paper. Uh, it's really that disparate. And so when you think about care coordination in a multi-stakeholder environment, you have to be able to address and meet folks where they're at from a technology standpoint. So when you think about referring an individual to a community-based or a social service agency, uh, it doesn't follow uh, this or, or occur with the same degree of ease where scheduling is automated all the time. And so you uh, have to deal with uh, capturing scheduling information, understanding if there are openings uh, to take on new patients or enroll uh, patients in new programmatic uh, appro approaches. And the challenge becomes some are API, as I mentioned, some uh, will manage uh, scheduling and referral uh, activities via a spreadsheet and others may just simply do it with email on a smartphone. And so when you start to think about how you're going to coordinate amongst very sophisticated uh, uh, medical service providers who may be using you know, traditional HIS, EMR systems down to the street level with folks who have far less sophisticated technology, that is what um, we have built into our capability set to be able to address that. And and from there, can you kind of transition, I guess, a little bit to talk me through, now we're going to be talking, obviously, uh, we're continue to talk about the payers in this conversation today, which should be a big 
talking point for us, but how, how should payers look at integrating uh, CBOs into their value-based contracts? Well, one of the things that we've learned as we've worked with a few payers over the last uh, few years is that uh, if you say social determinants or health equity to one payer, you've said it to one payer. Um, depending upon how um, uh, the population is, um, whether it's Medicaid, Medicare, might be a commercial population, uh, and how that population stratifies from a risk standpoint down to different social domains that may be um, places to emphasize spending uh, with regard to health and wellness initiatives, I think you find that um, the, you know, sometimes less is more, which is a more tightly controlled, high-performance network that aligns uh, medical and social services uh, can be a much better data sharing ecosystem. It can also be an ecosystem that can be more efficiently um, referred to and data can be captured from. I think that the challenge you get into is if you cast a wide net and bring uh, too many participants into the fold, you will find, and we have found this, that a number of community-based and social service agencies won't be there over the long haul. Um, because uh, they're always scraping by uh, for funding and other types of uh, budgetary concerns. And they are, uh, a lot of them are fairly small. Uh, and each year they are trying to determine what the budget's going to look like for the next year. And that sort of brings it into why payers ought to contract uh, with these types of organizations, build a high-performance network, incorporate these types of organizations uh, in a tightly controlled ecosystem so that you don't have too wide of a net. You can spend the dollars with high performance partners and address uh, the domains that you have identified within your population from a more precision health standpoint. So those organizations, if they're contracted with you, have a much better chance of being viable long-term uh, than simply uh, somebody that you can throw uh, a referral over the wall and hope hope for the best with. Now, in terms of kind of, uh, you, we've kind of shift focus between the healthcare providers and the payers in this conversation. We'll continue to do so. But in terms of like, when it comes to data sharing, uh, why why does like data sharing among healthcare stakeholders and compensated partners, like when it comes to contracts, why does that continue to be a, like an issue, a major issue? Yeah, I think, you know, the disparate technology is one part of it. And then the administration of uh, the information, particularly as it relates to closing out either gaps in care or providing uh, post-visit uh, assessment types of documentation can be a challenge. A lot of this information is unstructured. Uh, so, you know, when you talk with, you know, healthcare veterans, uh, most folks will certainly refer to traditional HIPAA transactions, EDI, they'll refer to HL7 and FHIR uh, APIs and things of that nature. But the fact is a significant amount of the, this information is not available uh, through standard interfaces. A lot of this information of true value is buried in notes, it's buried in audio uh, recordings, it's buried in video chats. And uncovering that information and tagging it appropriately to get it into a structure uh, for a data sharing uh, amongst constituents is one of the challenges. And so we have uh, built capabilities into our platform to do that. 
uh, to digitize audio, digitize unstructured um, notes and charts and bring that into a common set of uh, ontologies, data ontologies for sharing that information. Uh, because I think uh, one of the key aspects of a lot of these programs is to get back more information uh, and more uh, details uh, about how a patient is doing so that uh, you can address uh, the precision aspect of uh, care management. And uh, thank you so much to Len, by the way, for all these responses. Um, it, it's really interesting to kind of continue to hear people's uh, Feed, like we, we've always talked about some of the things regarding value-based care, but I feel like we haven't talked about a lot of the things from the payer perspective. I feel like you're talking more about what, you know, what payers need to do and what they're doing today and then kind of how the two match up, which is interesting. Um, before we kind of wrap things up, we like to keep these short and sweet, uh, lo lots of knowledge, quick, you know, snippets sure. for, for our listeners. Um, and, you know, happy to have you on again soon to kind of dive into some other issues in more depth. But what's next for HS Blocks? Yeah, so uh, good, good question. As things have continued to evolve, we have found sort of a niche for ourselves dealing with some of the more complex issues. Uh, we've mentioned some of them today, which is uh, certainly the data capture and digitization and sharing components. But when you administer uh, value-based contracts, you have a whole host of hierarchical related issues from sources of funding uh, to who is bearing risk on a particular population and then distribution of funds uh, to participants in a fixed price contract, for example. So we have integrated yeah. some payment capabilities and some ability to, um, based upon event-driven processes, exchange data uh, during uh, the episodic nature of a lot of these programs. Uh, to address how um, folks can have successful outcomes and keep uh, patients happy and healthy and at home, ideally. Absolutely. Well, uh, Lynn, thank you again so much for joining me on the podcast today. Look forward to having you on again in the future and uh, wish you and HS Blocks all the, the best of luck with everything. Continue, continue grinding, continue uh, doing big things, and we really appreciate uh, you being a guest today. Sure. Thanks, Jared.